Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Episode 162 of Four Future Considerations. Another week and another great time that you get to spend with the fellas here. Matt, John, and yours truly, Manny, are here. How you doing, fellas? Another week. How you doing? Manny, I feel great. You do? I feel alive. I've never been healthier. John, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you. (laughs) You don't sound like yourself. No, guess who uh, was starting to not feel so good right around the end of the last episode we did and has been down with COVID-19 ever since. It took this long and I finally caught COVID. I've been so careful. I've been the one guy you've been seeing masked up at the grocery store that you're like, what the hell is that guy doing? Mm -hmm. Well, that's why, because I took my mask off about a month ago and then I finally got COVID and I have been so, so sick since I last talked to you guys. We started calling you the bubble boy because you were walking (laughs) around in like a hazmat suit for even showering in it john there's nobody else here it's okay like you everybody thought you hated everyone because you would not get near everyone Mm -hmm. that's right (laughs) now now you're sick like how bad is it give us an idea oh i've had sweats i've had the shivers um i've had a cough i've had a sneeze uh, and that's a Tuesday for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my body is ached. Like my skin is ached. Like I try to put on socks and I'd look down at my feet and go, they're so far away. Like, I don't know if I can get. That. <laughs> 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 uh, Maybe been... not today. Yeah. Yeah. No socks today. Wow. Oh, it's been man. so bad. You're I've getting spent... a- yeah, I've spent any moment not watching sports. I've been sleeping this past week. Well, you're getting it from all angles. You're like a porn star here. <laughs> so are you on the upswing or? Yes, the last day or two, I'm finally starting to feel a little better. So today um, I tested negative for the first time was today. And then uh, I went out actually and uh, decided to um, go get some cough syrup and found out that that's $20 a bottle nowadays. I didn't know that. Lucky you found it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. actually, I found one bottle, and uh, so I got that, and then got some uh, nasal um, Dristan stuff for my nose, and then I think I'm finally going to be over it now. Wow. Yeah, what an ordeal. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, how about this? He still doesn't miss a podcast episode. It's crazy. (laughs) He is still hanging out with us for your listening pleasure. The producer extraordinaire. And the guy who keeps this ship in the lane, John Rashad. <laughs> hey, you got to be like Phil Kessel. That's how you reach an Iron Man streak. You got to play hurt. You got to go. Right? Th- you got to go through it. Look, it's easy to do when it's all roses and sunny and seventy-five. But when when you're down in the grind, just like uh, you know, just like Austin Matthews, right? When things get ugly, sure, you could just step aside and laugh while everybody else gets beaten up <laughs> or you could go in there and actually throw some punches and john you're throwing punches That's i hope we right. talk about that today i hope we're talking about that today. i hope we are and he was still able to cook up a show here like who knows what we're going to be talking about right. lord knows but- john i hope we talk about that yep. uh, yeah i have a feeling we will so okay that's right. good that's good that's good so not only do we thank john rashat for being on the podcast let's thank you for listening again We appreciate that you're tuning into the podcast 
yet again. Yeah, you're listening and you're getting involved and, and enjoying the conversation on social media, which has been awesome. You're sending John email. Like John hasn't slept very well because of all the notifications <laughs> going off on all the emails he gets for future considerations at gmail.com. But we ask you to be involved. You're getting involved. It's fantastic. Right. And we also want to say happy birthday to one of our former guests, a good friend of the podcast, Mike Fuda. He celebrated his big B-Day last week. He was a very special guest on this podcast. If you have not listened to his episode, go back, have a listen. Episode 40, it's been a while, but some of his stories are still tremendous, still ring through. And now let's get started with this episode by debating the World Series. On a 2-1, Alvarez hits a high drive center field. Veerling's back. This game is turned upside down. Jordan Alvarez delivers a 450-foot moonshot that changed game six and led the Houston Astros to their World Series victory. What did you guys think of uh, baseball's championship this year? I actually thought it was a good series, entertaining series. Um, you know, you think about it, uh, game three, uh, the Phillies hit five home runs in a game. Their offense looked amazing. The very next game, the Astros pitch a no hitter. Crazy. Right. Game, uh, game five was very tight. Game six, Phillies take the lead in the sixth inning. Mm -hmm. Alvarez hits that bomb in the bottom of the sixth inning. Like I thought it was a pretty entertaining series. And a pretty entertaining playoffs. I love the drama. Uh, I give this a thumbs up, guys. Yeah, I think the World Series was – I didn't watch any of it because I'm not giving Rodgers any money. But (laughs) it was was great. I mean, when when certain things happen in in playoff series, the the writing's on the wall. And and there's – momentum is a funny thing. And I I don't entirely believe in momentum. But when you give up – in one game, you give up five home runs, and the next game you combined on a no hitter. The series was over. That like to respond that way to to lose right. game one at home and come back and win game two to get blown out of the water in game three to no hit him in game four. I mean that's that's quite a response. That's yeah, 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 yeah. that's just you know that's, that's just point. winning. That's just experience. But I mean overall, and, and I think. One thing that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of days here is the is truly giving Dusty Baker his due. A lot of stories that I've read over the last couple of days, just recapping the World Series. Sure, talk about Pena. You know, there's talking about Justin Verlander and, and all of that stuff. But a lot of attention has been going to Dusty Baker, where I think it should because that you know he changed what the Astros have, have turned themselves into, and the guy's story is is unbelievable. Did he? finally gets this at 72 years old or whatever he is is awesome right he managed he has managed baseball for a quarter century yeah. 25 years yeah and this is his first world series title as a manager which is amazing uh, i think the jeremy pena story is fantastic yeah. too right yeah they get rid of carlos correa they let him walk mm-hmm. your new shortstop is jeremy pena what does he do MVP of the World Series, right? I think that's a great story. And the other thing that I saw that was fantastic, the first game that Dusty Baker managed, the leadoff hitter for the opposing team was Jeremy Pena's father. Wow. So the fact (laughs) 
like the tie-ins are oh incredible. Right? It's so funny when you talk about certain guys or, or you know, that are beyond, you know, in the upper echelon of upper echelon of baseball. Like Dusty Baker is one of Hank Aaron or was one of Hank Aaron's best friends. Right. Like, he was on deck when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. You're like, he knows Hank Aaron. Like Hank Aaron seems like he's 120 years right. old. But Dusty Baker's no spring chicken as it is, but a life dedicated to the game of baseball and, and uh, finally get that that World Series championship for him and all the coaching staff and everybody that just came right to him when they when they won the, the series and, and all that. Oh, that was very cool. And we received this question from Justin in Kingsville. Does this championship erase the memories of the Astros cheating scandal from their 2017 ah. title? Ah, interesting question. question. That is a yeah, good, question, good question, Justin. Uh, no, and it shouldn't. <laughs> um, it, it was obviously it's a different regime. Jeff Lunau is gone. AJ Hinch is now in managing Detroit. You know uh, who is the other cat that's gone? Uh, it was the bench coach. Um, but no, it, it doesn't. It, it still it won't for me ever. Um, it does show that the players that are in Houston didn't need the help. <laughs> Because the core of guys are still there and they're still winning, but no, that that's that's a completely different thing. That's that's their uh, you know 2017 was a, like I said it was a different regime. There's there's no saying well they won the World Series in 2022, so it's okay they cheated in 2017. No, it's not okay. It, it should always carry the the asterisks that it does. But in the same breath, there is certainly a, a renewed respect for the guys that have been around with that team to win, to go to the World Series last year, to win this year. It's, it's impressive for sure, but uh, people should still remember what happened in 2017. Um, I think, too, that it also builds part of the mystique. If you're someone who doesn't like the Astros, the more success they have in the future, it's just going to build your hatred. If they keep winning, it's going to get to like that New York Yankees sort of a villain team where you just love to hate them. And yeah. I actually think that becomes a good thing. Yeah, it's good for sports, right? Yeah. I, I Or good for baseball in particular. Um, I, I think, you know, when I look back at the managers that they could have hired after A.J. Hinch and that scandal, mm. Dusty Baker was probably the best guy they could have fired because yeah. he's one of the most liked people in all of baseball, for sure. right? So, so I think that was great, but I agree with you. I don't think it erases the scandal at all. All it does is extend the sentence, right? Mm-hmm. In 25 years, 30 years from now, well, people will talk about the Houston Astros won the 2017 World Series title, which was marred by uh, a cheating scandal, but, but they won it again in 2022, yeah. right? It yeah. just extends the, the sentence. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think you can ever – ever erase what happened in 2017 no and and look at altuve did he have a good playoff no not really so yeah it just sort of adds to the, a layer to that oh altuve maybe was cheating in 2017 yeah and and so you know when the the final out was recorded and everybody's running out on the field and all that stuff the first thing that comes up is the fox graphic the houston astros second world series in franchise history and that immediately is (laughs) 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 
So no, it should never go you away. It just sounded like Rashad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it should it should never go away. I mean, it's their it's their second. Uh, I I still think it's it's pretty impressive, and whether that's just a Houston thing or a Texas thing or whatever in general, like you still parade that thing around like nothing happened. This one, you can actually say, okay, we we won this one. And speaking of baseball, the closer with one of the all-time best entrances has signed a new contract. When you hear that music, you know that Edwin Diaz is coming into the game and he is staying with the New York Mets after signing a five-year, $102 million contract, the largest ever for a relief pitcher. What do you guys think of that deal? That's a lot of money. And as my good friend Jerry Seinfeld says, what have we won? (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) what has he won? He hasn't won anything. He was an all-star this year. You're going to make him the highest paid reliever ever in baseball. Mm -hmm. Like, Araldis Chapman. Pretty good reliever. Yeah. And, you know, he's still recent enough that you compare salaries. Like, I'd I'd say, um, I'd say the Yankees all-time great, right? Oh, Uh, sure. Right? Yeah. But he played a decade ago, and so the salaries are not the same. You can't, you can't compare the money. No, 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 no. Right? No, not at all. Right? So, but Chapman's a little bit closer. He signed an $87 million deal. This guy's going to make $15 million more over the five years for him. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't won anything yet. I don't like this deal. I, I really don't. I love the the entrance music. Yeah. I, I think it's the greatest. But I don't know if I'd sign this guy to a five-year, $100 million contract. So, I get where you're coming from. But I'm also seeing the way that baseball is going. Starters don't pitch eight innings anymore. If you're a decent starter, and we're taking Max Scherzer out, we're taking out Jacob deGrom because I would consider them elite. And Max goes seven innings no matter what. But for the most part, if you can get six innings out of your starter, that's pretty good. And then you're getting into the bullpen, which is normally not as strong as your starting rotation. But if you can chop one of those innings off with a dominant closer, that's worth what it's worth for for shortening that game because the starting pitchers aren't what they are anymore. I think this is something that you're going to start seeing a trend on where you're going to see a lot of specialty guys. This comes from the fact now that you can only pitch or you have to pitch the three guys. You have to keep your your bullpen or use your bullpen a little bit more. And I think it comes from starters not starting or not pitching as much. Uh, So I think this is going to be the trend. And he's the first one to start it, which I'm surprised how quick the deal got done. I'm not surprised that he ends up going back to the Mets. But, I mean, for that money, I guess you just take it and and sign the papers and run out of the room. But – I, I, I like I get it where I get where you're coming from. And Edwin Diaz has always been a pretty polarizing player. Right. I mean, his ERA was about three and a half last year. The year before that, he only pitched in 26 games. The year before that, his first year with the Mets, his ERA was almost six. So he doesn't have a great track record. 
Major League Baseball, if you're playing nine innings over 162 games, you're playing about 1,450 innings in total. He pitched 62. So it's not a big chunk of what you're actually trying to accomplish. But to be able to shorten a game, and there's very few guys, I think, in baseball that can do this anymore, shorten a game from nine innings to eight innings. Rivera could do that. You know, Dennis Eckersley could do that. Bobby or uh, Billy Wagner in his day could do Todd that. Jones. Todd Jones <laughs> made it an 11 inning game. <laughs> so, like, I think this is going to be the trend. I think we're going to see relief pitchers get paid a lot more. He's just the first one to come off the table, and he happens to be the best one. I mean, he only pitched 62 innings last year, struck out 120 guys. He's almost striking out two guys a game. He gave up nine runs. He gave up 34 hits. Like That's about as dominant as a player can possibly be. The Mets have said they're going to throw a ton of money out. They sure as hell could not have let this guy walk away. So I, I don't mind it. I, I do think that the the bullpen starting to or, or bullpen pitchers are going to start getting paid sooner than later. Or starting, or starting pitchers are not going to get as much, one or the other. Sounds like he's making my argument for me, though. John, because he's talking about how he's only done it for one year. And that, and that's the thing that concerns me. Like mm-hmm. all these guys, and he's not the first guy to have an epic year in his contract year, right? Of course. Um, and he's done it. I just, I really have issues with paying this guy this amount of money, a record deal for something that he's done for only one year. Uh, he's 28. So maybe mm-hmm. he's, Best years are ahead of him because he is 28. That's what you're betting on. Yeah. But that's a hack of a gamble. Now, the thing for the Mets is there's no hard cap in baseball, right? So if you're a rich franchise, spend till your heart's content. Yeah. And that's what the Mets are doing here. Uh, And so I get that. I just think it's a bigger risk than I would like. You know, I say that last year was ERA was 345, but he's had back-to-back 32 save seasons. No one else has done it or has gotten around that number over the last two years. You're going to have to give him the one or two extra years for sure. You're going to have to pay him. The Mets are going to throw money like crazy in the next couple of years. This is probably going to seem reasonable compared to some of the deals that they're going to sign very, very soon, I would expect. I'm fine with it. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and we're going to have some fun with you. We're not going to give you the winner this week, but one of the options instead. Look at that move. Tavares in front. Scores! John Tavares deked out a Flyers defenseman for a beautiful goal, and it was one of the options in our Play of the Week poll. Did it win? Well, you have to go to our Twitter account, Podcast FFC, to see which play was this week's winner. The plays this week, not as good as last week. I thought mm. last week's plays were amazing. They were. But if you want to check it out, as John mentioned, go to our Twitter account, Podcast FFC. Play of the Week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And remember to vote on next week's poll. We will post the options on Monday. You will see all the details at Podcast FFC on Elon Musk's Twitter <laughs> with a blue check mark.
<laughs> I'm not paying for that. Are you paying for Eight that? Bu- are you kidding me? Eight bucks a month. I've seen your porn bill. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm paying for John's porn bill. Over here. I don't need to pay for Elon Musk's either. <laughs> And uh, so that was a Leafs clip back there. Speaking of the Leafs, a few ex-NHL players like Mike Rupp had an issue with Austin Matthews after his teammates came to his defense in a play against Travis Konechny. Noah is an opponent when you're down. There's Konechny the first time going after it. Matthews comes back at him. There's a hack. A couple of hacks whacking back. And that's where Giordano had seen enough and wanted to make sure nothing happened to number 34. Guy who's had wrist problems, probably not good prescription to get involved in this. Well, you're not going to want him to get into a fight, that's for sure. And even sometimes when you yeah, get jabbing or cross-checking, it can jam it as well. So we had a question from Mark in Burlington asking if we had a problem with this. Ooh, so the question does come up. Good ah, job. Ooh. And we got a listener question Mark out of it. This in Burlington. Good. Okay. This is good. So do we have a problem with how Austin Matthews reacted? Reacted. Yeah. And... Yeah, because Mike Rupp was talking about how this could be a problem, and I saw Andrew Shaw agreed with them. And yeah, sort of yeah, 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 yeah. And and I thought for before we we get into it, I thought Mike Rupp's breakdown of it was fantastic, amazing. I thought it was fantastic, amazing. Uh, great point of view and great great insight. So um, you know, find the find the whole clip if you can. It's about two and a half minutes, but it's uh, it's really really well done, and and the way he breaks it down the Leafs have a big problem because... So you agree with them? I do. Okay. Because And and, and the problem that comes and that's developed more and more, and it's a really hard ta- tag to put on people, but this is one of those things that it really kind of brings something to light. Austin Matthews is just not a winner. Ooh. You know what I mean? He is going to score a ton of goals. He's a very gifted offensive player. He's just not got that little extra in him. Like, he's just a little shit disturber. And then make somebody else clean up his work. He's he's never had a, you know, tell me the, the, other than a goal, a big emotional thing that he's done to the team or been able to put a team on his back or, or anything. It just hasn't happened. He was a very skilled player, but it just hasn't happened. And then after I watch this and after I listen to the breakdown of Mike Rupp, and I, I kind of come to that assessment that he's just, he's just not a winning hockey player. You then pull up the Leafs roster. I'm not necessarily sure John Tavares is a winning hockey player. Mitch Marner is absolutely not. Giordano could be, but hasn't won. There's not a lot of guys there. There's not a lot of of depth character guys that you see on a Pittsburgh Penguins or on a Colorado Avalanche that you don't have to know who they are, but they're just gamers and they just make things happen. They have a ton of offensive talent in Toronto, but there is nothing else there. It's empty on those cupboards and that's Brendan Shanahan's problem to deal with because he's one of the three of the hierarchy that are going to get blown out this year. 
as we saw, spoke about last week. Right, right. But go back to last week's yeah, episode if you take want. Take a listen to that. That was a good one. Um, I think I made some great points. So uh, this, yeah, I, I do really, really have a problem with this. And I do have a problem with who has to go in. And I have a problem with Austin Matthews standing around just smiling and kind of spinning like he had great seats. And then it, to me, it, I, I took it a little bit further in thinking about it. And I just, there's just something about Austin Matthews that is not a, a winning player okay so you you're right you did take it extra mm-hmm. like you grabbed the puck and skated around the rink with it i did like, i did i i agree with you that there's something wrong there mm-hmm. okay um the fact that he was standing there and the referees were more <laughs> physical yes. in that fray than austin matthews yeah. was that's a problem right Okay, so your teammates come to your defense. Jordana was the first one, mm-hmm. who I do think is a winner, by the way, further to your point. Bunting comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Second-year player. Right, and you just skate around. Yeah. The biggest thing that I had a problem with it, not only was he standing around just laughing and watching, he, like he didn't even grab anyone. No. But then after the fray, Konechny comes over to him, and he chops him again, yeah. and then another player has to come to off. his defense, yep. right? Like that's the that's one of the biggest problems that I had with that whole sequence of events here. For sure. And I know he's got a bum wrist and he doesn't want to get involved, but you can grab a guy yeah. and look the part yeah. instead of laughing yeah. or you're standing just like standing a crossing there. guard. Right? Like that's the problem. So but you bring up another point which I which I think is interesting. Is he a winner? Mm-hmm. Like when I look at the game today, I think to be successful, you don't need one guy. You need more than one guy to be a winner. Definitely. Right? When you look at the Bruins, why are they <laughs> successful? Bergeron's a winner. Marshan's a winner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Chara's a w- was a winner. Yeah. Right? They had three guys, and that's yeah. why they were successful. If I look at Colorado last year, McKinnon was a winner. Kadri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Landis Gog, the captain, winners. And yep. then you had some really good players. And I think Makar, if he's not a winner yet, he he's going to be that type of player. For sure. Right? For sure. You're right. When I look at the Leafs, I look at Giordano. I look at Simmons. Mm-hmm. But Simmons is past his prime. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, is All the other... All the other pieces there are show pieces, as I like For to sure call them. For sure they are. They're show pieces, <clears throat> but they're not necessarily winners, mm-hmm. right? So it's a great point. I think Matthew still has the opportunity to be a winner, but that whole sequence of events that we saw in that fray is a bad look, not only oh, for yeah. him, but for the Maple Leafs as a whole. So I'm Mark... Thanks for the question, but I think that's a bad look. And I agree with Mike Rupp there and Andrew Shaw yeah. and everyone else who's come out. Just thinking in, with the Leafs, and obviously they've had their struggles over the last little bit. But when you're – you know, you've lost four games in a row and and things aren't going well and you're not scoring and you're in, in Toronto of all places. If you're sitting in the room and it's quiet and you're coming off a, a fourth loss in a row, who are you listening to in there? Who's standing up and talking in that room? And do you believe them? Like, I think it's Tavares. Like, but I think he needs some help. Like, I think it's Tavares and I think it's Giordano. 
but further to what I said, I think you need more than one guy. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, like you could argue that Tavares might be past his prime now. For sure. Right? The Leafs lost four in a row, <coughs> and now all of a sudden they've won three in a row. They beat the Flyers, they beat the Bruins, they beat the Hurricanes on Sunday night, and they have Vegas Tuesday night, <laughs> right? So <laughs> they're starting to turn it around. I would argue it's because Tavares and it's because of Jordana. Like we're talking about the Leafs in in four, they won four, they, they've lost four back. And, like this is a team that's supposed to win the Eastern Conference. Like this is a team yes. that yeah. is is supposed to be in the upper echelon of, and, and you know, you can look at it however you want, betting lines or, or anything like that. Like there should be like a top four team. Top four teams don't lose four in a row and have something like this take place in the game you're trying to snap a losing streak from and and things like that. It just it just doesn't happen. If you're the Canucks were shot, doesn't this tell you to, you know, create some shit, create some chaos when you play the Leafs? Especially when Matthews is on the ice because he, he's not going to get his hands dirty. No. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, if you're an opponent of the Leafs and you want to get under their skin, and oh yeah, he's a guy you go for for sure. Ah, I I just think the the recipe for success against the Leafs is there. Granted, the Flyers lost that game, but I love the jam that Konechny showed. Yeah, uh, you're comparing two teams. One should be one of the best. One's expected to be one of the worst. Right. And who comes out working harder and and showing that and and you know caring and jumping into the pile and and all that stuff. You know. The guy that's just standing around holding his arm out like he's playing Frozen Tag. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. And remember, guys, this is Rapid Fire. Quick responses. The Philadelphia Eagles remain unbeaten in the NFL. Chris and Milton wants to know, would it be better to Philly for Philly to lose and not go undefeated? Ooh, or- go ahead. Actually, I love adversity. Ah. I love teams going through adversity. So I think it's okay if they lose. Mm-hmm. I also think it's, I think I've said this before, it's very difficult for a team to go undefeated now in the NFL, yep. especially in 17 weeks. So I think the Eagles will lose, but I think that's a good thing. I think adversity is good so that you're prepared, better prepared to deal with adversity in the playoffs. So you're talking regular season. You want yes. them to lose in the regular season. I, 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 I'm okay with them losing a game or two in the regular okay. season. Okay. Not trying to break the Dolphins' streak of going undefeated. Because no one cares if you just finish 8 and whatever or 11 and whatever or right? 16 and 1. You would finish 14 and 2, right? Yeah, sure. I, that would be a, a terrible season for me right now for, for the Eagles. <laughs> What? They, the Eagles have to run the table here. No, they, they don't. They have to, or they're just not, there's no relevance or excitement around it whatsoever. Uh, the the NFL in the regular season, it's added another week. The only thing that is of interest in the NFL in the regular season that the NFL social media posts about first thing Tuesday morning, every single week, only one undefeated team. Only one undefeated team. There's only one undefeated team left. That's the only. If the Eagles go 16 and one, it doesn't matter, and there's no excitement around it whatsoever. They're going to finish first in the conference. They're going to be in the exact same spot, whether they lose one game or win one game. 
you don't want I don't want them to lose. I want them to run the table. They're going to win the whole thing, the Super Bowl. They're going to beat the the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be the greatest team in football history because of the extra week. Listen, I I love the fact that you think they're going to go undefeated the whole way. The whole way. We're going to have an an epic party, even more so than the 2017 Super Bowl party that we had in this house. Who's going to beat them in the NFC? The Vikings? No, Dallas might beat them in the regular season. Beat them in the regular season. Right? Um, I'm okay with that. Adversity is good. Like, John is dealing with adversity this week because of COVID. And he's coming out better for it. Yeah. He's coming out the other end better for it, as as well as all the other shit that's coming out the other yeah, end. Yeah, there's a lot about the other end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's only one reason why John is is coming out of this in, on the other end. 321 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns, a 37-yard long pass by Nathan Rourke, James Butler almost gets to 100 rushing yards. They don't even rush the ball in the CFL. They already almost got to 100 <laughs> yards. Keon Hatcher, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, touchdown, 162 receiving yards. Sean White, the guy you mocked because he, he he's the skateboarder or whatever he is. Three for three in field goals. The longest was 40, 41 yards. 71 yards worth of field goals, if I'm reading the box score right. Uh, John, it's just a dominant performance against a really, really subpar Calgary Stampeders. That's the adversity that the BC Lions have faced. Now Winnipeg has some adversity because they're facing a group of, uh, 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 group of Lions. And, uh, what, what's the name of a group of Lions? Uh, uh, a pack of Lions? pack of Lions? Is it a pack of Lions? <laughs> that are is coming pride? in. Pride, pride? A lion. oh, <laughs> lion pride is coming into Winnipeg. <laughs> I got, I got BC minus thirteen and a half in that game. Tell wow. me, uh, uh, tell me, uh, you were laid up in your bed with a box of Kleenex and a bottle of cough syrup, watching the BC Lions stomp all over the Stampeders. Um, actually, I was uh, in such pain I couldn't watch, but I listened to it on the radio, and I was ah, very excited. So. Next best thing. There you yeah. go. They're still going to lose to the Bombers, but whatever. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought he had two boxes of Kleenex. One because he was sick, <laughs> <laughs> and one because I'm a big Nathan Rourke fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought he had his socks around. <laughs> I really like this next question. It's from Dave and Ilderton. Would you rather have a good team and go to the finals four consecutive times like the Buffalo Bills did in the 90s? Or would you rather have a team that just wins one championship and done? Whoa. Would you rather go to the finals four times and lose or win one championship? Dave. Dave. Come on, Dave. You want to go to the championship four times in a row and lose, but say you got a great team. <laughs> We're all really close. <laughs> no, no, you don't go to the finals to lose. You don't go four years in a row to lose. Give me one. Give me one ring. Because the only thing people talk about at the end, oh, did you did you win anything? No, but uh, a good group of my friends and I went to four championships, and we lost all four of them. No, no that's terrible. I want one, cha- one championship. You want to win, right? You want to be known as a winner. That's Yes. 
That's the point of sport, Dave. <laughs> you play to win the games. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Herm Edwards. How many press conferences have you ever watched of a coach saying, listen, if we even finish second this year, that would be awesome. <laughs> Dave. Come on, Dave. John, are, are you are you with us, John, or are you with Dave? Oh, no, no. I'm with you. Absolutely. Dave. Give me a break. Yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave. So he's trying to say that it's a dynasty if you go to the finals mm-hmm. and lose all four times. Like you're that good to go to the ship uh-huh. four times in a row, uh-huh. even if you don't win one. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> That's a Dave. <laughs> you got to win one. You, you got to win one. Yeah. No one cares if you brought four girls home in four consecutive nights. If <laughs> If we watch TV, if we brought home a 10 (laughs) and the four of them totaled a nine, you didn't win anything. (laughs) Right, John? You get the math here? Uh It's Uh simple math. Uh (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, man, that's so good. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. I think someone heard you last week for this submission. David and Glencoe loves this song. So I just let it go, let it go. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't care no more, care no more. Oh, no, 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 no. So come on, let me know, let me know. Put your hands up, no, 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 baby. Nothing's gonna stop us tonight. Because I'm good. That's I'm Good by David Guetta and B.B. Rexa. And Dave wants to know if you would pump it or dump it. So Dave in Ilderton is is a lost man, but David in Glencoe is the guy I want to party with. <laughs> David in Glencoe is going to the parade. He's going to the championship, and he's going to have a parade in a couple of days. I'm surprised they play this song in Glencoe. It's usually a country. Yeah. It's yeah. a country. He's, a, yeah, he's an right? outsider yeah, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good for him. I like David. Dave. I don't know. <laughs> Dave's sitting at home listening to the Arrhythmics. <laughs> the Arrhythmics? Wow, the where did you get that from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I heard the Arrhythmics on uh, on Saturday night. It was drinking some wine and the Arrhythmics came so, on. So that's a sample, right? That's a sample of yeah, uh, Blue? Uh, yeah, Blue. Yeah, the, Eiffel 65. Uh, Eiffel 65 Eiffel 65. Song. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I knew you'd know the band, Rashad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pumping this. This is a good song. It's a great I like, song. I like fast-paced songs. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, this is a good song. I'd play this. for Rashad? Yeah. yeah, me too. And I also love B.B. Rex's voice, so that helps too. Yeah. It cures everything that Rashad is dealing with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, two Kleenex boxes, <laughs> listening to the BC Lions game, and Alexis B.B. playing B.B. Rexa. <laughs> that's, a, that's a banner night for Rashad. <laughs> just in there. I'm good. <laughs> Or, or is that when Jill comes in? Hey, what do you... Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, on that note, that's the end of another debate. That's a good note to end I'm, on. I'm wasn't, um, wasn't that a great note? No, I just need a nap. <laughs>
Oh my god. I can't even breathe right now. <laughs> this is the only episode of the week. There's no OT re- uh, required, but why don't you listen to this episode again on Friday <laughs> if you really want to and just pick give it, get a little picture of, of what we're the scenario we're trying to paint here. Um, you, you can follow us all week long on social media, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook as well. And you may want to grab a Kleenex box to yourself. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to get cold. I don't know. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors on this episode. If we still have any. <laughs> London Onyx, quality that shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training, nutrition, <laughs> and cleanups boxes. <laughs> you know, I actually talked to Shane uh, last week. Yeah. And then I agree with everything you said. <laughs> We've lost our shot again. Uh, uh, Anytime I laugh too hard, I'm worried I'm going to cough here. Nothing beats the just mute. It's not even laughing. There's not even sound coming out anymore. It's just mouth wide open, but nothing coming out. No sound. That's a good laugh. That's a good laugh. Uh, don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate, you can send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Dave or David or Mark or whoever, thanks yeah. for sending the questions in this week. Keep them coming. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next week on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.